What's up, everybody? It's Judith. I hope you're listening to Mad Love. Welcome to your Tuesday. Yo, happy birthday, Prince. It's June 7th. I have absolutely no idea why he was my favorite musical artist for about 20 years, but he was. And when I look into people's eyes that are younger than me now, and I try to explain what Prince meant, not only to me, but to so many people, they just sort of look like that guy. Yes, the the little, he didn't seem as short because I was short, but the little guy with the chest hair and high heels and mascara was everything. I mean, I think I listened to Prince and he was my favorite musician, bought everything, consumed everything from the time I was about Mm, 11 or 12 to 25. And then in the 90s, he started to sort of, I don't know. He had a magical run. But his sound, while it was always so different than everybody else's, it just, it didn't stand out in good ways after about 1995 or 96. You know, and he was fighting with his record label and all of that but I guess my big point is you can't explain genius to someone and some people's success is just inexplicable it's beyond words like you just can't explain it you either get it or you don't you know if you know and back then you could only be famous one way being on tv having music videos being on the radio and going to concerts, like you, you had to go see him live. And I was fortunate to, enough to see him uh, twice, I think. I definitely, my favorite was the Purple Rain Tour. That's the most I've ever been a fan of someone. And they were at the peak of their celebrity. And also, I think, I don't, also, I think he was at the peak of everything at that point. Like, I don't think Even though he continued to make good music, I don't think anything was as great as Purple Rain. Like, it was a phenomenon. And I'm sure that tour, he was tired of singing those songs. But people loved those songs. And I remember going to see him on a cold December night in, I want to say, 1984 or 1985. It was awesome, though. And I was a kid. I was in high school. It was awesome. And I love Prince, and happy birthday, Prince. Um, And I can't explain to young people (laughs) why he was so amazing. And there have been a lot of people who try to imitate him. But he was a superb guitarist, um, just an amazing music talent. And on top of the, like, raw, sexual, kind of outrageous stuff, you know, don't overlook that there were some really seriously well-done musical arrangements. I mean, he was really very, very talented. And uh, I I am thankful we were able to have, you know, that time on planet Earth together. I mean, he was really one of my favorites. I wanted to meet him so bad. But then when I was younger and I got to L.A. and I was meeting people, I was like, God, I don't want to start meeting people I really like because I won't like anybody anymore. They're not all they're not all like they appear. You know, some people are just uh, not super nice or they don't want to be out in public 
And so they're annoyed to be out in public. They don't want to talk to fans, that kind of thing. And so I never got a chance to meet him, and I'm glad because now the mystique can remain. And he listened to some of those arrangements and some of the things he was doing. Like He sounded like nobody else ever. Um, and that's just incredible, really incredible. We have Michael Jackson, Prince, Madonna, George Michael, Stevie Ray Vaughan, Tina Marie, all at the same time. Like, that's incredible. What a rich legacy of music. Um, those were some of my favorites. And, uh, yeah, Prince was definitely number one. And then after that, it was Maxwell. Like, no kidding. From 96 to 2009, Maxwell was my absolute favorite. And now I'm waiting for a new favorite. But, anyway, happy birthday, Prince. Uh inexplicable sometimes genius is inexplicable sometimes popularity you just can't explain it you just we love who we love right so yeah yesterday i was talking about turo uh seriously just to highlight if you're thinking about doing turo don't do it because you think you're going to make a ton of cash at first it's harder than you think it's not passive at all um you got to get your techniques down and you know i think if you want to do it you really got to Focus on great customer service. Even when the customer isn't right, you still have to make them feel like they're right. You know, even when they're wrong, they're right. They're everything. They're the lifeblood of your business. And I don't know. Here we go. Sorry. Sorry for the yawn. Um, I think in a lot of ways, uh, I heard one guy on YouTube saying he was selling his fleet because... You know, people on on Turo just expect too much. I don't know where he is, but the people, I've only had a couple of fuss budgets. And usually the people that are most annoying pre-rental somehow find a way to cancel. You know, um, and I'm not mad about it. I'm not all things to all people. If you want to rent clean, well-maintained, nice cars on these specific dates, I can help you. Beyond that, I, you know, I might not be the one for you. And I'm okay with that. I've got nearly 100 renters who are fine with how I do business. So I don't mind losing one or two that are that seem super high maintenance. Because if they're asking all these questions before the trip, I had one guy who was just insistent on getting a discount. And I'm like, dude, don't rent my car. You don't have to rent my car. They're other cars he started off his first interaction with me was can i get a discount no i'm not hurts the price is what it is and turo takes plenty so if you got an issue ask them for the discount and then one guy was super like i need this in the car can you put this in the car and i i have some notes i'm like i don't you know you're the only person to ask for any any of these things you know so I, I still contend that 95, 96% of the people I deal with are awesome. They're like me. They're easy peasy. They just want a, a good experience. Um, they, they're not high maintenance. They're, they don't require a lot of fuss. You know, so if that's 96% of the people, then you got 2% that are just high maintenance, ask a lot of questions, um, uh, expecting a brand new car when the cars are clearly advertised as 10-year-old cars. Um, 
expecting something unrealistic, if you will. And then 2% are just super awesome. Like they wash the car before they bring it back. They, um, you know, they just go out of their way to make it an easy return for me. And um, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, Good sports. You know, I had cars break down on people and they still gave me great reviews and were really kind and thoughtful and uh, more like concerned about me in the car. And I'm like, oh, it's going to be okay. You know, I'm I'm upset that it broke down on you. That doesn't reflect well on me. And they never let that um, affect their stars. You know, they're like five star service. In fact, I had a guy I had to cancel because the car, one of the cars broke down. And he was like, I wish I could still give you a good review. You have been so helpful. <laughs> like, I take it seriously. I want you to have a good experience. I don't want you to land on the ground and not have a car because my car decided to cut up, you know. So, anyway, if you're going to get into it, don't be precious about your cars. You know, for me, I look for dents and wrecks, uh, scratches to the paint, minor things, things I can fix or clean up myself. I don't really worry about, but that's just me. I know there's some people who, uh, you know, every little scratch, every little ding, every little. Well, I haven't had a ding, but the scratches, um, you know, I I'm not trying to get over on somebody to get cheap repairs for my car you know if you if you scratch it and it's not a big deal okay but you know I'm not talking about like keying the car or anything like that but if you're precious about your vehicle and you don't like people in your car I think the weirdest thing for me is I don't eat in my car and a lot of people do and I have to remember to really clean more thoroughly because you know for some reason people traveling really eating cars um and they're not particularly neat about it so there's that and uh like i said if you're precious about it don't rent that particular vehicle uh i would stay away from exotics unless you're in a really great exotic market um and the competition is super fierce and also like um yeah, it's just, it, there's no, I don't, I feel like there's a market for exotics here, but I really am not anywhere close to thinking about getting involved in that. Um, I also think, you know, you just have to find your niche where you fit in, what you think will work best in your area. St. Louis is a city where people need cars. We don't have great mass transit. Um, it's not walkable. There's a lot of stuff that you will need to get to here in a timely manner and you need a vehicle, especially if you're on a crunch schedule, like when you're traveling. So, uh, yeah, it's worked out for me. And I think it can work out for other people. Absolutely. You just have to decide, you know, is this something I really want to invest my time in? And um, I think maybe it might be smarter to find someone to split the money with who wants to do all the work. You know, at this point, I would be happy to do a 60-40 split as either the host or the um, owner of the car paying for the service and, you know, taking the 40%. But there's so much depreciation on the vehicle. I think in order to really maximize the profits, you got to be the the business owner and taking, you know, taking all the tax breaks and all the things you can get out of out of uh, 
being an entrepreneur with a car rental company. The challenge for me right now is just figuring out how to scale it, but uh, and and to not be on Turo because Turo is all about restriction. You know, they started off not taking part of your fees. Now they take part of. It. I mean, they take money at every turn. Um, and I know they're struggling probably to be profitable, but, uh, yeah, they, and they're not super transparent about it and they don't tell you. It's just sort of like, yeah, we decided to start taking part of your fees. It's like, oh, okay. Cause you, you used to say we got all the fees. Um, but now no. So there, in order to have a long time rental company relationship, you're going to probably need to get off Turo. Uh, it's just a platform. They're not a partner and they hold all the cards and they're not super transparent. And truthfully, they have some of the worst customer service you've ever had. And I have some of the best. So it's really frustrating when I'm trying to, you know, coordinate something and they're just like, so let me, let me get this right. The problem was, no, you know, you're, I'm getting mad just thinking about it, so I'm going to stop. I hope you have an amazing day today. Happy birthday, Prince, again. That that dude, go back and listen to those old songs. Even ones you, like deep tracks, even ones you, you know, probably don't remember liking at the time. Like, some of that stuff just sounds so good now because music is so bleh now. But, uh, yeah, check it out. Be your best. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Everybody's been so kind and thoughtful. I know I've kind of been a bit of a bummer. Caregiving and COVID have literally kicked my ass. This little old 85 year old lady is just somewhere giving me the business. (laughs) She is tough. And, um, you know, I heard a, a entrepreneur talking yesterday. I think his name is Naveen Jane. And I didn't know this, but I use his product. I use Viome and um, one of his products. He's a very prolific entrepreneur. And, you know, he was saying how, you know, your passion has to be, you know, what problems are you going to fix in the world? Um, And, you know, in my own small way, I feel like I've really addressed park and fly in, you know, the rental car headache. It's just so nice to get off the shuttle. There's the car. You get in the car. The, you got the code. You get in the car and drive off. Like, people love that. I would love that. I love to park and fly. And so it is, it's a simple fix, but a lot of companies don't offer it. So I only have two cars, but in a way, I'm cleaning up. <laughs> So I need to scale my business, but that's a problem that people want it fixed and they didn't know it. It's sort of like um, getting your car, your groceries put in your car. Like that's not something I knew I was living for. I love it. You pull up to Target, they put the shit in the trunk and you drive off. That's a middle-aged lady's dream. It's fantastic. I love it. It's great. And it's been there the whole time. But nobody ever thought to do it. And then COVID happened. And it's like, well, people are infectious. We still need business. Let's just take the groceries out to the car for people who want that. It's very awesome. So, you know, he's right. Your passion has to be fixing a problem. It can't be making money. Because I kid you not, every time I've done something for money, it it never works out. You know, I my passion has been wanting to make movies, 
but and, and beyond that, it's beyond just wanting to make movies. It's wanting to make good movies, good quality content, and finding the right partners to do that. Because so many people, you'll talk to to a hundred writers and you'll realize every single one of them had these high grand noble ideas and they wound up making a bunch of crap projects because they needed their mortgages paid and I can say that even though I've never made a movie I'm thankful because I've never made a movie I'm ashamed of either okay and that means something to me so I don't know this episode is about following your passion Prince clearly was passionate and and amazingly talented and uh it's his birthday today and he changed lives he impacted people's lives and we underestimate how powerful it is to make people happy people aren't naturally prone to be happy i think a lot of people are actually prone to be unhappy and are accidentally happy but i do believe that you can underestimate the importance and the significance of making people feel good, you know, without touching them, without taking them somewhere, without spending any money on them. To be able to to pick up a guitar, create something and make people dance or make people laugh or make people smile or make people want to party. That's huge. And I think that's why he meant so much to people, because he shared his immense talent with the world, and it made us happy. That's why Dave Chappelle is successful. He makes you think, and he can make you laugh at the same time while you're thinking these deep-ass thoughts. Chris Rock, same thing. You know, it's like, they're funny, but they're making you think. But you're also laughing, and there's, there's something powerful about that. And so to tie it all back to Naveen Jane, it's like your passion has to be something that you are obsessed with and it's a and you're fixing a problem for people. And we don't underestimate how important it is to make people smile. I hope I bring a few smiles to with to people with this podcast. I feel like I do. If you make it all the way to the end, um I usually try to chuckle. I usually am making myself chuckle by the end. But, yeah, it's important, and I hope that people enjoy this podcast. Um, People have told me they have. I've had good feedback, and I can see that people listen to it. So I appreciate you. And, uh, yeah, check us out on madlovepodcast.com. There's some articles I've posted on the blog. Uh, Elon Musk, I think he might be a weirdo. I'm I'm serious, y'all. There's some folks out here that you think are normal, but they're completely weird. And I think he might be one of them. He is a master manipulator. And there's something not right. And on that note, have an amazing day. Be your best. Thank you so much for listening. 19 minutes, baby. 19 minutes of fire. (laughs) Talk to you later.